Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, Let's just get right down to it. I'm going to be talking about the Yankees today. I could be talking about the NFL slate, but we've got more games moving around. Uh, Looks like the uh, Pats-Broncos game got canceled or, well, postponed, I should say. I shouldn't say canceled. Uh, no, no, uh, no tight uh, Titans game being on Tuesday. Uh, this slate just looks ugly now. So, f- from a DFS perspective, I'm going to play it. But man, I really don't feel great about it. So, if I'm not feeling great about it, why am I going to be making picks on it from a DFS perspective? I- I'm just, I'm just being honest here because to me, it's it seems to be a very token route of you're playing. Uh, a Mike Davis for Carolina. You're playing Zeke against uh, my terrible Giants, uh, and then you know, basically uh, from there, you're you're probably looking at uh, looking at more along the lines of uh, uh, going uh, uh, into a, a place where you're probably going to be sticking with uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire for the Chiefs, which again. Uh, you know, Chiefs being at home at Arrowhead, I don't feel great about because they just played a really tough game against the Patriots Monday night. So it, it's just one of those where I just I don't feel I have a great feel for uh, the DFS slate. So uh, you know, in terms of uh, bets, I would make uh, yeah, I would take probably uh, Arizona over the Jets. Uh, Carolina over Atlanta, uh, you know, from a spread perspective, like uh, Arizona still isn't a double-digit favorite over the Jets yet, so I, I would take that. Uh, the Jets are terrible. Uh, Carolina, the whole Atlanta situation is still a mess. Uh, Dan Quinn should have been fired last week, so the fact that he still has a job is still kind of mind-boggling. The, you know, you've got uh, Houston against Jacksonville. You know, Bill O'Brien finally got fired as the worst coach and GM in NFL history. Bar none. Like, that will go down as the record as a franchise killer uh, is Bill O'Brien. If Bill O'Brien gets another job in the NFL as a head coach, I swear it's going to be one of the greatest examples of white privilege ever. Uh, And people don't like hearing that term sometimes, but Bill O'Brien was not good at his job and kept getting afforded more jobs at the NFL level for reasons that don't make any sense. But point blank, I just I look at this game matchup and I'm saying Houston should be able to win as a touchdown favor, even though they're winless on the year just because Bill O'Brien's gone. That that's how ridiculous he was as a head coach. 
just the team hated him with uh, without a word. So it's like uh, I got to take Houston, and I'm taking the Rams over Washington. I'm scared to death that the Giants might somehow beat Dallas because Dallas is so incompetently run. That is a glaring fear of mine, I do, and I can't quite shake it. For some reason, I feel as though the Giants could do something stupid uh, and win that game because the Cowboys are also incompetently run. So that's the NFL slate in a nutshell. Obviously, I'm not talking about it in great detail because I don't like this slate. I'm playing it from a fantasy uh, uh, perspective in DFS. But for your fan, your season long fantasy leagues, man, it's 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 hard out there. It's like you know, I look at this year and I'm just kind of chalking it up, just saying, you know what, with the pandemic and the injuries, this is kind of a year for just going into a daily fantasy. Uh, and why you're you should be committing more time into daily fantasy as opposed to. Uh, just doing a standard season long leagues because you can't do any long term planning. It defeats the purpose of how I would normally manage my fantasy rosters because I don't know when games are going to play. And so it throws the balance of my teams out of whack. And my whole strategy when I'm setting up teams is for balance. Just because you got to get to a certain points threshold uh, uh, to make and make it work every week. But if guys are out injured or, uh, you know, you have backups. But if those backups are in games that have been delayed for any number of reasons, it defeats the purpose entirely. And then you have to rely on star players, which would have required you to overreach in terms of draft rankings earlier on. So, yeah, it it, kind of sucks for a value uh, picker like myself because you don't know how your teams are playing out, but uh, I'm not going to cry over it. It, it. You know, it is what it is, uh, but uh, you know, it is a very tough sledding for season long leagues. And, you know, there's only going to be a very few handful of guys that are really going to be viable contenders this year because the schedule is just completely out of whack. And, you know, the fact that we're uh, still seeing football, you know, is, you know, I guess credit to, the fans and the league for still putting out a product, but man, in terms of actually managing your fantasy rosters, this year's a bust. There's just no if, ands, or buts about it. So uh, I'm going to get into my Yankees rant uh, momentarily, but uh, please take a break for my sponsors, and we'll we'll get right back after it uh, after this. All right, so back on and talking Yankees because the Yankees have been eliminated by Tampa as I expected. You know, folks are surprised that the Yankees got eliminated. I I don't know what people were watching in the regular season. Tampa handled the Yankees throughout, and there's, there's not a whole lot to say about this other than Tampa was the better team. The Yankees have a $200 million payroll. Tampa is a better team. The Yankees are incredibly predictable. You know the Yankees are going to stay at the plate, try to match a homer. If they don't match a homer, they're not going to do a whole lot. You know the Yankees, as a pitching staff, are going to throw a bunch of sliders. 
if you wait for them to spin a slider or get them into bad situations, you know the fastball's coming. The Yankees are not a hard team to figure out. The Yankees have A-plus talent, but they do a D-plus level of execution more often than not when they're given variables that they don't like to manage. So when the Rays do their shifting, the Yankees don't really have an answer for it because they refuse to go the other way. They refuse to make the subtle adjustments. It's the reason why the Cubs are sitting at home right now. The Cubs are almost as talented as the Yankees, given some of their players. But both of those squads, and it's the one thing I say about folks that were anointing the, uh, Theo Epstein over uh, as uh, the next uh, great chosen one is the, uh, my issue with Cashman. They have it in their minds of a singular roster construction, and they just don't want to deviate from it. There are way too many similar hitters on the Yankees. There, there aren't enough guys that want to use all parts of the field. The Astros have a Michael Brantley in their outfield. There is no Michael Brantley at all for the Yankees. Like, for all the people who want to talk about intangibles for Brett Gardner, Brett Gardner was a terrible hitter this year. He was a terrible hitter last year. He just got uh, on a little bit of a hot streak and was slugging uh, at a high clip. But if you watch Brett Gardner's at-bats over the past two years, you would see that his bat is slowed, so he cheats on pitches and he just feasts on bad pitchers. But when it comes to the postseason, you're not facing bad pitchers. This has always been my argument with the Yankees. It looks great from a stats perspective, and you could say, hey, we did this great job. But when it comes to small sample sizes and when you actually have to do it against A-level talent, the Yankees don't measure up because they're so very predictable so that the scouting report for every pitcher that you're seeing in the postseason, they don't really have to deviate much from the game plan because the Yankees aren't throwing anything different at them. It's the reason why DJ LeMahieu is the most important Yankee on the team. As much as Garrett Cole is uh, being paid $324 million, DJ LeMahieu is actually the most important guy because he's the only hitter that does something different. He can hit from uh, every part of the field, and he sprays the ball around. He's not a traditional Yankees hitter in the Brian Cashman era. You actually have to re-sign DJ LeMahieu, and you're going to have to pay through the nose for him to keep him. And they're going to want to give the money to Judge. And Judge does deserve the money. But the problem is you're, you've got a $300 million contract in, in, uh, in uh, Stanton being a DH only. And people are going to say, well, Stanton hit bombs in that postseason, Dwayne. Like, he earned a contract. No, he didn't. Like, Stanton is there because they don't want to pitch to some of the other guys. But yeah, he got a hold of a couple of pitches, but the truth of the matter is that's what you expect him to do. I'm not going to give him a victory, uh, a a pat on the back and a victory lap because he did did what he was expected to do. If you have a Reggie Jackson type of game and you hit three bombs in one game, okay, yeah, we're talking. 
But, you know, let's be real here. The Yankees are so predictable as a team that it's the reason why I thought they would have lost to Cleveland. Like, I had zero confidence in this Yankees team doing anything of note in the postseason. When Aaron Boone decides to pull Kyle Higashioka, when we're in the middle of a tight defensive struggle, when he's our best defensive catcher, what the are you doing? I, I, I can't I can't even say like how stupid decision that was. It, you you watched uh, Kyle block bad pitches, uh, avoid uh, avoid what happens uh, when your pitchers get mobbed because you're throwing so many sliders. Sanchez has no ability to do that. There's a reason why Joe Girardi got on Gary Sanchez's ass every single time he was behind the plate. He was trying to motivate the guy, and the guy can't be motivated to be a better catcher. He doesn't care because he knows the front office doesn't care. Maybe now they will, but it's too late now. Like The developmental stages for him to grow as a catcher, that window is rapidly closing because now... His body is basically uh, going to be harder to maintain healthy, uh, maintain his health as a catcher. His value has just gone in the toilet, point blank. But the problem is, when you fall in love with a prospect, this is what can happen. Gary Sanchez has been in the organization since he was 16 years old in, 20, uh, in 2009. But the truth of the matter is, Gary Sanchez, I, uh, you know, again, I pile on for how bad of a catcher he is. But part of the problem is that the enabling of Yankees management, and I put this one squarely on Yankees management, when he was growing as a catching prospect, he needed to be worked on. Instead, they kept uh giving press clippings on everyone about how great Gary Sanchez is going to be once he gets up to the majors. He needed someone like Joe Girardi to get on his ass when he was in the minors. Instead, they they boosted his ego and he felt he didn't need to have to put in as much work. He was never going to be a great defensive catcher, but he doesn't even have the work ethic to be an average catcher that's the problem so what you essentially have is a a slightly above average hitting first baseman when he doesn't have a hitch in his swing which he does right now and again not willing to work on it not willing to work on it and not willing to get in shape I, i i can't be any clearer than that gary sanchez is gone but it's such a waste of talent that I uh, I put it on the player, but I put a lot of it uh, on the Yankees management because they have mismanaged him from the jump, and it led to a lot of bad behaviors. There's there's no there's no if ands or buts about it. Gary Sanchez is going to start making money because of the his years of service because he's got four years of uh, full time service on the major league level. He's going to make money in arbitration, and he's get regressing as a player. He has to get traded. I I, I don't know what else uh, what else to say. 
you know, you can't you can't bring Gary Sanchez back and 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 do it with any a level of credibility as an organization. Gary Sanchez has to be gone, but it's such a waste. It's such a waste of talent. But it's the Yankees' own fault for not being able to master that. It, it is. It truly is. All right. I rip on Aaron Boone all the time for not being a real manager. But here's the bottom line. Aaron Boone does what the organization wants. He does what the front office wants. He's coming back, even though he, he you know, is not showing any signs of actually being a good manager. He wins games because the analytics, again, when you have top-level talent and you play by analytical measures, yeah, you're going to win games in the regular season. That's not the question. The question is, can he win games in the postseason? And I still have yet to see Aaron Boone win a game uh, in the postseason for the Yankees because of his managerial decision. I've seen him lose games, plenty of games, but I haven't seen him win one single game. But the organization doesn't believe managers can win or lose games for you. They just think you stick with the course, you're going to bear it out. I, I keep saying it. The Yankees' arrogance is what is gonna is is what's gonna continue uh, to uh, doom this team. So here's the bottom line: as long as get Brian Cashman is the GM, Boone should be safe. But if Boone goes, guess what? You're gonna get another Boone in mind. And I'm going to say his name with if for everyone claiming until Brian Cashman is gone as the GM for everyone proclaiming uh, Boone to be gone. If Boone goes, the next manager of the team is going to be Brett Gardner. They love Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner should not be on the Yankees roster this year or last year. Clint Frazier getting uh, the shaft repeatedly. And again, they keep saying because he keeps making defensive gaffes. Gardner makes a bunch of defensive gaffes. They're like it, do, it, it doesn't. It, it doesn't even the the logic being used against Clint Frazier is the same thing that you could cite against Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner was not a good defensive left fielder last year, let alone this year. So again, Clint Frazier, yeah, he didn't play well in center field. Guess what? He actually played pretty decent in left field. He should be the full-time left fielder. But they keep jerking him around because they want to give that bats to Gardner because he's the front office favorite, and Boone likes him too because, guess what, the front office likes him. So for everyone saying, fire Boone, as long as Cashman's the GM, Brett Gardner is the manager in waiting for the Yankees uh, whenever he decides to hang him up. I'm telling you. This is how this is going to go down. Mark it here, folks. Brett Gardner's the next manager of the New York Yankees. And I'm going to be miserable with it. But it's the reality of the situation. All right. Next up. Oh, and, and by the way, Gardner's 37. He's probably coming back for another year. They're probably going to give Boone another year as manager Bring back Gardner. Screw over Frazier some more because Lord knows uh, if, if it ain't broke, uh, it well, it ain't broken. Never mind. It's broken. I already see that it's broken, but it ain't broken. Never mind. 
So they're going to say, why fix it? Let's just bring back most of the guys and the guys that we like. So Gardner's coming back as an outfielder to steal more at-bats from guys who actually deserve it, like Talkman and Frazier. And uh, Boone's coming back as manager. But rest assured, when they fail again, Gardner is the next manager of the Yankees, unless somehow Cashman finally gets uh, uh, gets uh, shown the door. Which I can't see happening because Hal likes making money and Cashman, you know, wins enough games. You can't necessarily say that he can't win titles because Hal's motivation for the Yankees is not winning t- titles the way that uh, George uh, Sr. would have done. Hal's, uh, Hal's thought process is, let me just make as much money as humanly possible. And they could say whatever they want, but that's the truth of the matter. Bre- uh, Garrett Cole was signed specifically to shut up Yankees fans about that mentality to say, hey, look, we did what we could. But that that's that's not that's not a panacea to the Yankees issues. The, the panacea of the Yankees issue is a philosophy change, which he doesn't even remotely care about. So I can't expect him to make those uh, uh, wholesale changes. Next guy up. Masahiro Tanaka. Here's the bottom line with Tanaka. You know, everyone loves him as a clubhouse guy. But the truth of the matter is, he's been pitching with a UCL tear since, yeah, six years ago. Because that that first uh, news broke, I want to say, in late August, early September of 2014. And... You know, he insisted on just going by it uh, with injections and not doing the surgery and just trying to do the holistic rehab instead, but not actually doing the UCL surgery that would have put him on the shelf for a year. Uh, You know, he's very superstitious. He just doesn't want to do it, but he's turning 32 and he's got a UCL tear and you can see it because there are days when he that elbow feels good and he can throw the splitter. When he can't throw the splitter, he is a terrible pitcher. Flash forward to this uh, postseason series again. You don't know what you're going to get from Tanaka, and you got bad Tanaka because he couldn't throw the splitter. And you can see it. You can see it. If anyone deserved the short hook after one inning in the Yankees rotation, it's Tanaka. Because you can tell when Tanaka is going to be good or when Tanaka is going to be bad. And if a proper analytics assessment is done, you can see how the depth of his splitter is what is enough to make a determination if you have to pull him in a postseason game. I don't. I still don't understand what the Yankees are trying to do with. Uh, they say they use analytics. But the seeing eye literally could tell you Tanaka was not going to pitch well in game three because he, he's not healthy. And when he has days when he doesn't feel healthy, he is a hittable pitcher because they know what's coming because the fastball is no longer as uh, evasive as it used to be. It's getting harder and harder to mask the fact that Tanaka needs to get that UCL surgery done. So... Tanaka wrapped up a seven-year, $155 million contract. Uh, You know, I mean, technically he didn't get the full amount of that contract because this year was the prorated pandemic year. But, you know, 
it, it was a good value contract because, you know, he's made He is making uh, less than uh, a lot of pitchers that get paid a lot more than that uh, these days. I mean, and I know some of you are like scoffing at the fact that I I could say that we paid him uh, twenty million a season when we don't know whether he's healthy enough to make uh, uh, make starts or not. But the truth of the matter is, someone's going to pay Tanaka. Uh, twenty million a year a year next year. It'll be a short contract, but he can make twenty million a year. He's probably going to make closer to uh, if he if he wants the years, he can make closer to uh, you know eighteen to twenty. Uh, he'll have to take less money, but somewhere between seventeen to twenty um, is what he can get on the open market. Will the Yankees pay that? Yeah, probably because they really do like Tanaka and he doesn't complain about anything. But the truth of the matter is Tanaka basically is worth as I'd say probably closer to worth uh, being worth a 10 to 12 million dollar pitcher because you don't know what you're going to get out of him. But the analytics are going to say he was a good value uh, contract. So you got to bring him back. So I think Tanaka comes back, but realistically it doesn't make any sense why would you bring back Tanaka when you don't know what you're going to get start to start you might as well start bringing up the uh, youngsters uh and pitch around Cole that that's the way I look at it the Yankees have a plenty of arms down in the minors that are getting ready to start infiltrating the rotation Jordan Montgomery, we got to figure out whether or not he's going to be a, a, a true viable starter for years to come. I think the the plan should be you do the wholesale roster change and you have next year be Garrett Cole and the kids because you got to make decisions on these guys. You can't keep trying to kick the can down the road. We're 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 past that point, but the Yankees are probably going to kick the can down the road. But you you got to be able to make some harsher decisions. And, yeah, there's a chance you miss the playoffs next year in a full season with just kids and Garrett Cole. But you got to be able to figure this out because at this point, it's about winning titles. For the fans, for the organization, they just want to keep making money, so getting to the postseason is good enough for them. No matter what they say publicly, all they care about is getting to the postseason and getting postseason revenue money. That's what it really comes down to. So that's why, you, you know, I could see uh, a, a couple of guys leaving. So Hap clearly was gone, but Hap should have been traded. Like if the Yankees didn't have the injuries they had this year, Hap, I think Hap would have been traded. But, you know, Hap was not a good pitcher this year. And the fact that Hap was even used in the postseason just – it just drives me nuts. It dr- drives me absolutely crazy that Jay Happ was actually used in, in this postseason squad. Just baffling. Baffling. James Paxton. I liked the trade at the time because I thought you needed to gamble uh, with that rotation because you did. You could never trust Tanaka to be your number two. Paxton has the stuff to be a number two, but he can't stay healthy. Cannot stay healthy. Now you have Garrett Cole. 
Severino should be coming back from Tommy John surgery uh, next year at some point. Whenever next season starts. Paxton has no purpose at this point unless he's taking a discount and a severe discount. But someone's going to pay for Paxton even though he can't stay healthy. That's why Paxton's gone. Because he still has value as a lefty, but he can't stay healthy. I, you know... It's been his. It's been the bugaboo with him his entire career. You can't rely on him to stay healthy, and your best availability is availability. That's why Tanaka's probably coming back, and Paxton's gone. Because even though I know Tanaka is going to have good Tanaka days and bad Tanaka days, at least there are Tanaka days. There's no such thing as Paxton days because you don't. You have to make sure to double check if he's uh, on the IL or not. I mean, that's just the bottom line. So Tanaka's going to get the number three role on that uh, team. Paxton is, is out the door, in my opinion. I can't see Paxton coming back. So to me, this Yankees rotation is coming down to Cole and the kids, and then whenever Severino comes back. Because, uh, you know, again, uh, Domingo Herman. And his personal issues, like, he's going to be in a rotation. You got Montgomery. Like, the Yankees have pitching talent in the starters. But they got to be able to figure out who is going to be here long term. Bottom line. So, again, I know people are going to say that I'm being harsh on the Yankees. But the truth of the matter is, my biggest gripe with the Yankees is that they have no ambition anymore. And that's the truly sad thing. They ha- they look the part of someone that has ambition because they keep paying for players. But the purpose of paying for the players is just to drive merchandise sales and get into the postseason. It's not to actually construct a playoff-winning roster because if you did, you would see that there are glaring areas that have to be addressed. You, uh, you know, Austin Romine should have never been able to allow to leave. Uh, it like that was a beyond stupid. I mean, luckily we have Higashioka, which is probably the reason why they justify not paying Romine is because they thought uh, Higashioka uh, could get the job done behind the plate. But man, it's still a dumb decision because you don't give up good defensive catchers that go for cheap and can still hit at the plate. But the Yankees don't value value at bats they they had to because dj lemay who has played so much out of his mind uh and won another batting title that yeah now they're starting to think about it. it's like oh wow uh, like having contact hitters might be a good idea yeah you think for the postseason oh man i i just i can't it, it just it's just too frustrating so i'm gonna end the podcast there um, like I said, for the NFL slate tomorrow, I just have issues with the slate itself. So I, I don't feel great about it. So I'm not going to go too much further into it. Uh, in terms of the ALCS and the NLCS, I think the Rays beat out the Astros in six. In terms of the NLCS, I don't think that Braves team is very good, so I got to pick the Dodgers, even though the Dodgers are fraudulent. In my, I still think the Dodgers have uh, 
too much commitment commitment to uh, trying to pigeonhole their analytics to justify irrational decisions. So I got to take the Dodgers. The Braves might push it to six games or seven games, but realistically, Dodgers should win that in five. They, they are a top-to-bottom better team than the Braves. The, uh, I just... I just don't see where Atlanta beats the Dodgers. The Nationals uh, were a better team than the Braves. Are uh, the Nationals last year were a better team than the Braves this year? So I, why, well, how could I possibly pick uh, the Braves when I, I would have, I would have uh, uh, picked the uh, the Dodgers? Uh, over the Nats last year, which I did, but you know, it, it is, and the Dodgers should have beaten the Nationals last year. But let, we're not going to get into Clayton as a reliever yet again. So, bottom line, unless the Dodgers beat themselves, and by the Dodgers I mean Clayton gives the game away like he normally does, I can't see Atlanta scratching together four wins against the Dodgers. You need you need multiple implosions from Kershaw for that to happen, and I and while Kershaw could Im- implode, I still think the rest of his team is better enough to pick him up and and get him back to the World Series. But I I don't see it being the Astros. I see it being the Rays in this condensed season when the Rays can just use that uh, that roster of arms and no one's got a, a lengthy amount of wear and tear on them this year. I just think it plays uh, plays into their hands. I think Tampa's probably winning the World Series this year, and the Yankees will probably write that off as saying, oh, well, we lost to the eventual World Series champion. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just tired. It's tired. The Yankees need an overhaul in some of their philosophy, but they don't want to do it because they truly believe that their way is the, the best way of going about it. So it is what it is. I'm I'm getting out of here. I'm going to enjoy the rest of my Saturday. I hope you do as well. Uh, thanks for listening, and until next time, take it easy. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.